Welcome to another podcast from the Rotary End Community Service radio show, which is now in its 16th year. Our show is heard every Friday between 6 and 8 p.m. on Community Radio Station 94.1 FM 3WBC and is also streamed live on the World Wide Web at www.3wbc.org.au. Here is a recorded interview with Susie Cole, past president of the Rotary Club of Paran in District 9800 and organiser of the Rotary Inner Melbourne Emergency Relief Network, RIMERN. The interview was first played on the 10th of September 2021. This is 94.1 FM 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and you're listening to the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show. I'm Ian Salick. Tonight, I welcome to the program on the other side of the microphone, well, so to speak, per Zoom, our very own Rotary Radio Show presenter, Rotarian Susie Cole. Susie is a past president of Rotary Paran, and Susie is the very bright, bubbly presenter you often hear on this show, interviewing so very, very many guests about what they and their organisations do to support the homeless, prevent domestic violence, or provide food for struggling families. What Susie does not talk about enough is what she herself does in Rotary. Susie is not a follower. Susie is an instigator, an innovator, and a leader, and her latest project shows the drive and determination to help others that is an exemplar to all Rotarians and the community at large. So tonight, listeners, I would like to find out a little more about Susie the person and then what she currently is doing so strongly in Rotary. Susie, a very warm welcome, this time as a guest to the 94.1 FM 3WBC microphone per means of Zoom. Thank you, Ian. Oh, what a lovely introduction. I'm blushing. You can't see that because I've got a great face for radio, but I am blushing at, a very, at that very kind introduction. Thank You've you. You've got a great face for life, Susie. <laughs> don't you worry about that. And you don't have to blush because there's everything to be proud of. And it's delightful to have you on the show tonight with me, as I say, albeit per Zoom, but great to have you with us. Now, first of all, Susie, I know you're a Victorian. So where were you born and was yours a large family? No, look, I'm a, I was born uh, in Caulfield, but I was a North Baldwin girl. I was raised in North Baldwin. I went to school in, at Fentina. So shout out to anyone who's been to Fentina. And so for all my formative years, I was a Burundara slash uh, North Baldwin girl. I was the eldest of three kids, well, four eventually. Dad died at eight. So we were let, latchkey children and, and I had a lot of responsibility like kids did in those days of, of um, you know, walking your, your siblings to school and unlocking the house and putting the, the dinner on at night. So, so I sort of got old early, really, and I left home at 17 and started off travelling and seeing the world. And Susie, you have already said you went to Fintner, which is a marvellous school, but did you do anything after Fintner? What did you do when you finished school? I did, Ian. Actually, Fintana was uh, very academically focused and um, I was one of, of two girls at the school at any one time that was there on scholarship. So they really wanted us to go off and be you know, nuclear scientists or whatever. But I was a little bit of a rebel. So I was the first one from the school to go and do hotel management at William Anglis, which at Good that time you. there were 2,000 males in the college and four females. So I thought the odds were pretty good. And that led me into a career. <laughs> <laughs> 
turned me into a career of sort of in hospitality for a few years, which helped me travel. But I gave that away after a few years when I realised, and this is no disrespect to any of our listeners, but I, I realised I wasn't going to meet my future life partner because I had all my mates were, were gay waiters. So um, <laughs> the hospitality <laughs> thing was, was enough to get me around the world, but uh, it, it wasn't my long-term career. Susie, uh, you are a fascinating person. You really are. But I'd like to know whether you did at school or just following school any community service. And I often ask my guests this because it often leads to future service in Rotary or other service organisations. Did you do anything like that? Good question, Ian. Fintana had a very good focus to encourage all the girls to do community service. And we had a choice to do visit people in Kew Cottages, visit people at Broughton, the elderly people at Broughton Hall, or to do something with the, the then Urala School of Crippled Children. And now I opted to go and visit the, the poor old ladies in Kew Cottages. And I was, um, you know, we were so untrained for it. But it made me realise that from a very early age that there are so many people far worse off than us and that we really have won the lottery being born in Australia, being brought up where we are, you know, with three meals a day and nobody shooting at us. So I think it does instill in you a sense of wanting to give back, you know, when you start off at that age. So well said, Susie, and no wonder you've gone on to do so much in Rotary, which we're going to cover a little later in our chat. But I'd like to know what your first job was. Oh, gosh, I actually... Um, I had jobs from the age of 11. I worked in my parents' <laughs> grocery shop, weighing out the broken biscuits and the salt. I was a, I was a teen model at, in the Maya Mural Hall and, and pranced oh, up and down the catwalk as, as a 12-year-old. <laughs> I know, a very short-lived modelling career. And uh, so and then I worked Saturday mornings in a menswear shop. So my first real job, I don't know, I when I went travelling, I used my hospitality skills and I worked for a, an assortment of restaurants and hotels in America. I had four different jobs um, traveling around America for a year. I worked in Zermatt in Switzerland for another hotel chain. I worked in the south of France as the housekeeper for the Count Chandon, who, who is famous for Moët de Chandon Champagne and Balls of Pure and whatever. And You're a dark horse, Susie <laughs> Cole. <laughs> oh, but look, it was all, it was all good fun. And it helped me improve my French living in France. And it's, fun, it's a funny thing, Ian, when you're at school, there's some subjects you like and some you don't. And I did not enjoy French one bit. But going into my longer life, French was about the only thing that I really found useful. That and public speaking, because that was a subject at Pintner at the time. And I really, this is why I love what they're doing at Winspeak and, and Ston, uh, the other speak competitions that Rotary does, because I think public speaking is such a wonderful life skill. So practical, so meaningful. And I agree with you because at school I did debating and I think it's been the most uh, influential part of my life at school because I wasn't certainly an academic but debating is very important being able to get up in front of people and present your point of view and you do it so strongly on this radio show but I do like your music as well Susie I must tell you that <laughs> I think your music's well. fantastic in interesting to hear about you working in America especially with the tipping system in America how did you find that 
I loved that because as I was offered a promotion at one of the hotels I was working at, I was started as a waitress and they wanted to promote me to a captain, but I said, no, please, I'll stay a waitress and I'll do breakfast, lunch and dinner because you made more money in tips <laughs> per shift. And, and I actually arrived in America with a one-way ticket and my tips and everything during that, that stay of nearly 12 months wasn't enough for me to, to fund my ticket home. And so I was a great fan of the tipping system. What I don't like over there at the moment is that their basic wage is so low. And I think really, you know, I'd prefer Unfair, people it? had a decent wage yeah. rather than having to rely on gratuities. Yes, if there's not balance, it's, it's not got to be lopsided, as it? I agree with you. But there is a great expectancy. And I've been in Chicago and ticked off for not leaving enough, uh, which is embarrassing. You know, you think in Australian terms, uh, 10 or 15% is enough, but this waiter wasn't impressed with my 15%. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you know, un unbelievable. Now, Susie, let's move on to Rotary. When did you join? What motivated you to join? And, uh, and why the Rotary Club of Paran? A triple barrel question. Good questions. Well, first of all, um, I, I was retiring at the age of 60, but I didn't want to retire from life and I wanted to do something to help other people. And um, my then husband and I were on a, a tour of Turkey and I was sitting in the, in the tour bus uh, with some other Australians and I said, oh, you know, he wants me to retire. I don't really want to retire. I enjoy my job, but, you know, I don't want to be, I'm not a tea and cakes lady and, and I don't play tennis or any of that stuff. So I said, I want to do something useful and these people happened to be Rotarians and they said you should join Rotary so they worked on me for three weeks as we were touring around Turkey and when I came back I kind of got on the internet and I thought where is a Rotary Club close to me and as it happened the Rotary Club of Paran was meeting almost over the road from where I lived so I thought well there's a fit so I joined the Rotary Club of Paran I've always really loved the people there it's a very warm and friendly club we've never had any politics or any argy-bargy and we are a small club but we do lots of wonderful stuff so I've been very happy at my nearly seven years at Paran. Marvellous stuff and to think that the genesis of all this was a bus in Turkey what an instigator a bus in Turkey has been for your life since Susie. I know. Well, my partner now actually probably would have liked to have derailed that bus because he <laughs> thinks I'm totally too committed to, to Rotary. But I just really do live my life by a, a little maxim that says, if you've done well, you should do good. And I figure I have done so well in my life with health and family and, and so many opportunities and education that, goodness me, you know, why wouldn't you give back? Yes, absolutely correct, Susie. So what roles have you had at Rotary Paran? I've been president twice. I'm the immediate past president. I'm international service chair. After the first stint as president, I was invited to join the district membership team. So I enjoyed going around to some clubs talking about how to, to build membership and retain members. And I was also for uh, a year, I was the District 9800 uh, NPolio Now Ambassador, which was great fun. And I then tapped a wonderful kitty um, on, the, on the shoulder and said, um, please take it over from me because I'm going travelling. And uh, that's what we were doing until COVID decided to ground us all. But so I've, I've been very busy and engaged at the Rotary Club of around because being a small club we don't have that many people to actually share the load but we know we've got wonderful members who, who do what they can when they can. Susie Cole when are you the most happiest? Oh gosh I'm very fortunate with my family I think probably having grandchildren around and 
and all of my family. I used to have a family dinner every thir- the, the first Thursday of every month for years. And, and that sort of fell by the wayside when my stepfather became unwell and, and passed away. And then we didn't want my mother driving from Lilydale down to Windsor sort of at night. But I'm trying to reignite that family connection once a month, once lockdown finishes, lockdown number mm, 876. Course, yes, course, yeah. So I think I'm most happy with family. But look, I'm a naturally happy person, Ian. I, I, not many things get me. And, and I, I'm just, even when the sun's shining and I look out the window today and the blossoms up, it just makes me happy. You exude positivity, Susie Cole. So I suppose this question is a little bit in line with what I've just asked you. But what are you most grateful for in life? Oh, gosh, um, probably going on from what I just said, but health, living in Australia, all the opportunities we have here as women and as people, um, and definitely for my marvellous family. I've got three fantastic kids. I've got four grandchildren. Um, my youngest son is, is engaged. He lives in Canada. So hopefully we'll you know score a few more grandchildren eventually. But uh, <laughs> family, I think, really is the greatest. Susie, I always ask my guests this next question, and I want to do the same to you, although you've given us a great indication of the way you view life. What is your personal maxim in life? Well, apart from the one that if you've done well, you should do good, which you know covers pretty much everything, there's a few others. There's, um, you know, this is not a rehearsal because you know every day you've got to make the most of it we don't know if we're getting tomorrow so so you know that sounds a bit like something out of a soapbox but look i just like to live life with an attitude of gratitude what a beautiful saying to live life with an attitude of gratitude how well said Susie and I just want to say as we're coming to the end of this first segment of our chat together thank you for letting us get to know you a little better in fact a lot better in your case. Now, your personal life has been very closely interwoven with Rotary as we've touched upon. So when we come back, I'm very keen to find out more about Rotary and especially your latest project, because you're actually, listen, she's actually dressed in the vest today of her latest project, but I'll let you know coming up. You're (laughs) totally branded. So in the meantime, we're going to have a little music break, Susie, with a couple of your favourite songs in the theme of Australian songs. Welcome back. This is 94.1 FM, 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and you're listening to the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show. I'm Ian Salick. We're talking with Susie Cole, one of our presenters on this show and a past president of Rotary Paran, and the 2018 Royce Abbey Champion of Change in this district, District 9800, plus a winner of the State Premier's Volunteer Champion Award for Leadership which she also won in 2018. Now, Susie, our listeners would especially like to know about your awards. Uh, First of all, the Royce Abbey Champion of Change Award. What was it for? And I'm sure our non-Rotarian listeners would also like to know who Royce Abbey was. Royce Abbey is a great uh, icon in, in Rotary. He was an Australian Rotary International President and a member of, I believe, the Rotary Club of Essendon. And he has a, a Roy Sabby Award and a scholarship. So it's one person a year is awarded or recognised with the Roy Sabby. And when you say champion of change, I think it might, in my case it just meant annoying and persistent. But Not at all. <laughs> oh, Susie, what did you get it for? Look, I'm really not sure. I think it had something to do with the fact that Rotary Paran was the first Australian club to muster a team to march at Pride 
in 2018. And we really have embraced diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, you know, as, as our mantra. We always have been very inclusive, but we believe, as do all Rotarians now, that you really need to reflect the community you serve. And living in Paran and, and having a club in Paran, naturally we have a number of LGBTIQ members and uh, we're very supportive and we're allies. So we, we marched on down uh, Fitzroy Street with a number of other Rotarians, including the then District Governor Bronwyn Stevens. And it was fantastic. And I think we've done it every year since, uh, you know, with a cohort of, of Rotarians. So it's been great. And tell us a little bit about the state award, the state premier's volunteer champion award for leadership that you got in 2018. Was that aligned to what you were doing as well? That was actually a bit of a surprise because uh, I think I was nominated by a Rotarian friend because for the leadership thing, it was for really increasing the numbers of members of, of our club by about 30% for the year. I mean, look, all Rotary clubs are like lungs. They go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. And, and we were making a particular uh, push to include younger Rotarians and uh, people who are still working. But of course, you know, they come and go. They have babies, they move for their jobs and what have you. So um, it doesn't mean that you can just sit on your, your heels and, and do nothing. But I think that was part of it was the, was the leadership thing. But it was very nice to be recognised. And where was it awarded? Did you have to at go to a special... government house? Oh the government my house. I know it was very lighty dark with little sandwiches on the lawn afterwards, oh, and we were lovely. able to take some friends. So I took my darling mum, who was just so chuffed to be, in, you know, wearing her finery, and and invited for afternoon tea to government house. And so I, I had a few of the, uh, well, a couple of Rotarians with me, and a couple of friends with my mum, and it was a lovely afternoon. Well, congratulations, Susie. So well deserved in your case, so active. And as I said, in the first segment of our interview, our chat today, so positive about life and very positive about Rotary. Rotary is a passion of yours in a great way, but this latest project of yours is something very special. Please tell us about it. Thank you, Ian. Look, I have to say, because my career took me for over 30 years in marketing and advertising, I'm a great believer in uh, um, working within a globally recognised brand. And I, I did some uh, overseas volunteering back in 2014 for just, you know, NGOs that nobody had ever heard of. And it really came home to me, the important thing that Rotary has is this brand that's recognised all over the world. And doors open for us and people help us. Everybody has heard of Rotary or their grandfather was a Rotarian or they've bought a sausage outside Bunnings. It doesn't matter. The Rotary brand is just so recognisable. So as many of our listeners would know, there's a, a Rotary project, Rotary Lions and City of Whitehorse project out in Mitcham called Eastern Emergency Relief Network that's been going for 26 years. There's another one a bit younger, a six or seven years old WERN, Western Emergency Relief Network out in Ravenshall, which services the Western suburbs. And what they do and what our project is now doing is collecting uh, furniture, appliances and household goods to distribute to clients of welfare agencies in need. And this is a local community service project and our community service chair at Paran sort of said, you know, he was quite new to our club and he's also a, a city councillor at Stonington and he's the manager of uh, what used to be the Paran mission but is now uniting Paran. And he said, oh, I've heard about Earn and Wern. Why isn't there one in inner Melbourne? And we all sort of looked at each other and went, oh, yeah, 
why isn't there one in inner Melbourne? So they said, oh, we could have Imun. You know, and I said, no, 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 no. If we're going to do anything, it has to have Rotary in the name. It has to be Rotary Inner Melbourne Emergency Relief Network. So we, for nine months, looked for premises, fruitlessly looking for something cheap or donated like the other urns had when they started. But because we were looking in the middle part of the Melbourne map, it was expensive real estate. So anyway, fast forward to June 15th. We moved into a fantastic premises in East Brunswick, which is within spitting distance of the city. And we are now stocking up with furniture, appliances and household goods. We're sharing the space with a very wonderful synergistic partner, Canard Solutions. And Canard have been donating to Wern and Earn for the last five years or so. How and they're now donating to us. Well, what they do is they're decluttering and downsizing and managing estates. So what their clients don't want for the family what they can't sell at Leonard Joel's or wherever, they donate to us or the op shop or some ends up in the tip or, you know, recycling metal and all the other stuff. So anyway, we've, we've been in there for 10 weeks and it's going gangbusters. It sounds absolutely wonderful. How does it differ from another one of our wonderful acronyms, DIK, Donations in Kind, which as you well know is based in West Footscray. What is the difference in terms of what you do vis-a-vis what they do? Good question, Anne, because donations in kind, which our club supports, like many clubs do with a contribution to rent, is mainly focused on international service. They collect things like uh, school equipment and supplies, computers, uh, lots of fabrics and medical supplies and hospital beds and all of that sort of thing, and they ship most of it overseas. They've, I think, sent more than 600 containers, 40-foot containers all around the world, which is just an amazing effort. So what we're saying is the EARN network, the Eastern, uh, sorry, the Emergency Relief Network is to community service locally what DIK is to international service. So some clubs, and I'm thankful that we already have 13 clubs on board, including one from District 9790. Shout out to Pasco Vale. Thank you for the, being the first one from your district to come on board. But we have 13 clubs that are members and more joining all the time. I'm hoping your club, the wonderful Rotary Club of Glen Ferry, might be the next one to uh, tick the box. But so some clubs are supporting both DIK and and earn. If they're in a Western suburbs club, they might be supporting Wern. If they're out in the Eastern suburbs, they might be supporting Earn. But certainly we're going for the support from clubs in the middle part of the Melbourne map. And Susie, what are the, the products that you most seem to deliver and donate to those people that need them? Well, it's really funny. We're learning from Earn and Wern. And I said, asked a lovely David Hall out at Wern. I said, what do you, what do you give most away? He said, Susie, pillows. <laughs> but, but really, it's bedding. Um, there's a, a big demand for white goods like good quality refrigerators, washing machines, uh, microwave ovens, vacuum cleaners, and that sort of thing. Probably lesser the small appliances like toasters and jugs because they're quite cheap. If you go to places like Kmart and Target, you can pick up those yes. uh, things for, for not much money. But for the, the big ticket items, um, a lot of these people in social housing who are being supported by people like Launch Housing, Odyssey House, My Care, Wombat Housing Support, and many, many others who are coming on board as members with us, their clients really need all the basics. So we're not... 
we're not having fancy stuff. We don't have, you know, pasta makers and ice cream makers and all the stuff that sits in the back of the cupboard and nobody ever uses. But we have good quality kitchenware, crockery, cutlery, no stemmed glassware. And the beds are single, double and queen. We don't have king size anything because those little apartments are quite small. And we don't take outdoor stuff because they generally don't have outdoors. But what we're, we're collecting now is everything you need to set up a, a secure home. And Susie, in terms of bedding, do you have to obviously test that it's clean? Oh, uh, yes. We won't collect any mattress that's stained or soiled because they cost us money to take to the tip. And we don't want to be wasting our hard-earned sausage outside Bunnings money um, on taking things to the tip. So whenever people are offering goods to us, we ask that they send us photographs so we can say, you know, is it acceptable or not, rather than send our volunteers with their trucks out to someone's home and go, "Mm, that's a bit awkward, Uh, no thank you. So we have a look at a photograph, things like lounge suites that are recliners and great big buffy leather, you know, arms and what have you. They're too big, they're too heavy. We just have to say thank you, but we can't take it. So it's a size, yeah. It's a size thing, it's a weight thing. And with all our Rotary volunteers, we're very mindful of occupational health and safety. We don't want them lugging anything that's too heavy or too, you know, dangerous. We won't let anyone bring things downstairs. It has to be on ground floor or in a working lift. So smaller things, sofas less than 2.1 metres and, you know, smaller tables and chairs because they don't have big homes and they don't have, you know, families of six that need to sit around a great big dining table. And Susie, how do our listeners go about donating to RIMERN? Is that what you, Rotary yes, Inner R- Melbourne Emergency Relief Network? That's right. An acronym yes. for everything oh, in Rotary. we love them. Absolutely love overburdened. Them. <laughs> but how do they go about donating? What's the contact point? Right. Well, thank you. Uh, we do, our website is still under construction. Hopefully it'll be um, live soon and then that'll be just rymern.org.au. But at the moment, the best way to contact us is through our Facebook page. So if people just type in Ryman, it will pop up with Ryman brackets, Rotary in a Melbourne Emergency Relief Network. And if they like us on Facebook, they can ask us a question. We've got in our about section, it's got a list of what we take and what we won't take and the reasons why. And if they want to contact us, they can just send a message on our Facebook page or direct message me through Facebook. And we'll have a, a conversation about, you know, what have you got? Where is it? Uh, when does it have to be removed by because sometimes people are moving and things have to be out by a certain date all these lockdowns are sort of you know hurry up and wait but uh, we're managing we have authorized workers permits for during lockdown because without picking up we can't supply these people that are in crisis and just last week our delivery guys from canard solutions went and delivered to a refugee lady with four children under six and when they went into the apartment and the people had been in there for three days because they got their keys early, not a stick of furniture, a mat on the floor, they're sleeping on the floor. So Unbelievable. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's not, this is not glamorous. This is very basic stuff that people just need from the grassroots up. And this lady had been couch surfing. She'd escaped an abusive marriage. And so she needed everything. So we are considered to be, you know, authorised workers. So we issue our volunteers with permits and they can go and collect and they can go and deliver to these people who are authorised clients of welfare agency members. 
So the first point of contact uh, in the short term Facebook. is that Facebook page. Mm-hmm. What about that website, rymern.org.au? When do you hope that that's up oh, and running? Like everything, everyone helping us is a volunteer and, and our um, helper helping with the, the website is also full-time employed and very, very busy at the moment. So, look, I'd say within the next month, but look, you know, no pressure. We're very grateful for all the help that our volunteers give us and, and our, our web developer is a volunteer. So whenever the, the website is ready, we'll let everyone know. We'll put it on Facebook. We'll put it in the networker and we'll make sure that everybody knows our website is live because on the website, we're also going to be um, calling for volunteers to register for uh, welfare agencies to put in their details and, and apply for membership. And also they'll be able to then order online. So it's quite a complicated website. And you want volunteers to both collect and deliver goods that you have. How are, what about the transport of those goods? We, we don't do the delivery. Um, Canard Solutions does that on a commercial ah, right, basis right, right, with, right. with the clients. And that's how Wern and Earn do it too. Wern and Earn have their own vehicles. They've been going much longer than us. And they collect all the donations, which we are. At the moment, we have a big shout out to wonderful Phil Young and David Troon from Rotary Camberwell. And uh, Phil, Phil has been using his truck and David's been helping him to go out and collect things from very kind donors for us a half a day a week, which has been just wonderful. Um, but we are also now going to share a budget truck with Canard Solutions a day a week and two Saturdays a month because we're going to have working bees with Rotarians ah. on two Saturdays so that people who are employed um, and can't make it during the week, as many are, uh, we will give them an opportunity for service and to meet other Rotarians and have some fun and roll their sleeves up on a couple of Saturdays a month. And again, we'll announce that over our, both our Facebook page and through our club reps, because every member club has two representatives on our committee. We meet for, fortnightly uh, via Zoom. So as soon as we have a shout out and lockdown is you know, relaxed and we can do this with a larger number of people, we will certainly put the word out that we do need volunteers because there's such a lot to do. We've got a lot of stock to sort, things to pack and, and what have you, and kits to get ready. And when we uh, model ourselves on Wern, I mean, they're having people making appointments, case managers with clients every hour. They're coming through selecting their goods you know picking and packing the order and getting it out the door so that you know they're doing 2000 orders a year we've only done six in the last no six never weeks, mind you know. that just shows <laughs> that just shows how needy this society oh. really is and the majority of us thank goodness don't have that sort of problem in our lives so what you're doing is absolutely wonderful and i commend you for it susie you thank saw you. a niche in terms of inner melbourne and you've filled it and you're working on it and building it as you seem to do everything else. Now, Susie, you're a good person to ask this next question. You really are good, but I think I already know the answer. What makes a good Rotarian? Oh, look, do you know what? All you have to do or have to be a good Rotarian is is a good heart. I mean, everybody I've met in Rotary has a wonderful heart. We just want to help people with whatever time we've got in whichever way we enjoy. And, you know, as many people have said in the modern Rotary, it's not about showing up every week and having a schnitzel. It's just doing what you can with the time you've got and putting your hand up, trying new things. And you get such joy out of it. It really is. It's just have a go, come and try something 
put your hand up and, you know, that makes a good Rotarian. It's a matter of putting back into society, not drawing out all the time as some people want to do. It's a matter of putting in and and our line of, of support is service above self. That's what Rotary ticks by, doesn't it, really? Service Absolutely. And I, when I was president of Peran last year, I said, listen, I think we need a club theme. And our club theme, which I'm hoping will just continue, is inspiration, collaboration and perspiration. Because I, I think it. you need all those things to be a good club and a good Rotarian. We all find inspiration in a whole bunch of ways. And collaboration, we think, is very important because you don't want to start projects in silos. You collaborate with people who are already doing it or, you know, with people with like interest. And perspiration is just roll these sleeves up and get into it. Good on you, Susie. I can see another acronym coming your way. (laughs) ICP. Inspiration, <laughs> collaboration, and perspiration. I can That's see it. it happening, and you will be the founder of that new acronym <laughs> for Rotary Paran. Now, Susie, is there anything that you would change about Rotary? I always think we're a pretty good organisation, but every organisation has to evolve. And uh, this is a, a common question that I ask, and somebody with your background who's been so involved in doing for Rotary, doing charitable works, is there anything you would change? I think we should promote ourselves better I, I think we we keep a secret we're, we're the secret service organization and I know that we've got wonderful branding if anyone goes onto the brand center on RI website there's fabulous branding I, I really would love all clubs to think about putting rotary in the name of their project of identifying it with uh, for example the project RORP that uh, collects and harvests playgrounds, for example, I said to them, how about we get some labels and when we're, ha- when we're marking up the numbers on the pieces of the, of the playground, how about we put a sticker on saying this playground is being harvested by Rotary and it's going to help children overseas. Yeah. And they went, great idea. So we made these stickers so that just for the couple of weeks before it was dismantled, the, the people still using the playground could say, oh, this playground's going to be taken out and we're getting a new one. But look, it's, Rotary's going to send it to some children overseas who are going to be able to play. Isn't that terrific? You know, put the brand out there more often because Rotary does a, mar- a marvellous job. We all, you know, do so many things. But half the time, I really believe the end user thinks the fairies gave it to them. They just don't understand that it was Rotarians that collected it, paid for it, delivered it and, you know, made it all happen. And I think that's probably what we need. I agree with you, Susie. And uh, Rotary Overseas Recycled Playgrounds, RORP, exactly what we're getting at. It's all very well to use all these acronyms, but you want to get that Rotary word up front and centre and make sure that brand, you know, brand integrity has certainly got to be kept. So you don't want to diffuse it too much, but it's very, very important to get that Rotary name in so much of what we do. Susie, I really like to ask my guests this because we've had a very serious discussion, but very meaningful. Is there anything that you could tell us about your funniest moment in Rotary? Oh, gosh. I, do you know what? I don't know about that. I've, I've had so many fun moments. I don't know about the funniest. Well, what's, um, your, fun, what's your fun moment in Rotary? Oh, look, our changeover was really great fun. When I, I mean, it's always fantastic to hand over the bulletproof vest to the incoming president and say, phew, you know, made it through that year. But uh, we had a, a Titanic-themed uh, changeover at the Melbourne Bowling Club, which is our new home. And we had 
actors and singers doing the whole Titanic show and the whole place was decorated like the Titanic. And uh, none of the club knew. I just said, we're going on a cruise and they all rocked up and there was the, the entry of the Titanic and it was so much fun. And we put all the young members on the one table and I said to them, now listen, this is the kids' table, so you better behave yourself. And I thought that was very funny. <laughs> Good on you. So, so look, we always have fun. Uh, even at our barbecues, we have fun. We have, well, you know, it's not all work. It's, it's a lot of fun. Great and camaraderie, isn't there? In absolutely. You know, I made not- so many friends. Very much so, Susie, and uh, you're doing it so well. And Rotary Paran is very lucky to have you. Well, Susie, <laughs> thank you so much. You're not only one of our key radio presenters, and I always say to the radio team listeners that Susie could well be leaving us to do a breakfast show. <laughs> she's so tr- tremendous, or a drive show, because she's always encouraging on a Friday night when she's on to sit back and chill with a glass of wine. Such a fantastic presenter that we have. And thank you so much for talking to us on the Rotary Radio Show. You're really, as I say, usually doing the interviewing, so it's great to see you on on that side of the microphone telling us about what you do. You're not all just, uh, you know, uh, front of house and display display. You're really a good, great worker, and you should rightly be proud of that, Susie, for what you you do for Rotary. Quite frankly, Rotary District 9800, in fact, Rotary in toto, is extremely fortunate to have someone of your leadership and drive in its midst, Susie. I really mean it. Susie Cole, thank you for telling us about how much you do in Rotary. Thank you, Susie. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. More podcasts can be found on iTunes by typing into your browser Rotary Radio Doing Good in Victoria or alternatively by going to the Rotary District 9800 website at www.rotarydistrict9800.org.au and clicking on Rotary Radio.